Tango Tango Papa 2122, October 6, 2022. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime? Or merely an illusion? The product of a tortured brain? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Wiles here with you, coming to you this evening, or yeah, it's this evening, from uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma. So at the moment, I am on my way uh, to deliver a load to uh, tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at LaPorte Tech Houston suburb. So I've uh, that, and uh oh, something weird just happened. Well, I guess it it did continue to record. So I've never seen the screen do that. It all of a sudden it jumped, and uh, it didn't look like it was, uh, or at least on the screen, it wasn't laying down waveform. So, but uh, when I stopped it, and then I looked and you know the waveforms there the recordings there now it's behaving normally so I don't know what happened probably some sort of a hard drive uh, error or something or a read error maybe or you know or, or probably the maybe the processor got a little bit behind is probably you know that that may be what happened but uh, in any case, I you know when I'm using this, I'm using this really old version of Adobe Edition, and I do like to pay attention to it, uh, you know, just to make sure that something hasn't gone wrong. But uh, hmm, I don't know. I, and at the bottom of my computer screen, I've got two different things. One says "Try now." And, and the other says, no thanks, and that went away. So I don't know what that is. That was probably uh, the culprit. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'll have to dig into the notifications later and see if that's uh, whatever that was is showing up. Hmm, that was weird. So in any case, uh, I actually, I've been back at work for a few days. I was... Uh, home uh, at the end of the you know this the end of the month and then I came back to work I think uh, on the second so I've been back at work now for I guess uh, today's the sixth so I've been back at work for about four days I uh, but while I was home I had to get the uh, you know the tag or you know transfer you know or license plate as uh, I guess some people call them license plates I've always heard that uh, you know the the term tag or license plate was interchangeable but apparently there are parts of the country where they don't say tag they just say license plate but I had to you know in order you know because I when I was home the prior time of course I bought the uh, new pickup 
and uh, so I had to, you know, it took them a, a couple of weeks to get the paperwork, the dealership, and so whenever I uh, made it home, I made a quick trip up to uh, the dealership up in, Vin the Ram dealership up in Benton Bentonville, Arkansas, McClarty Daniel, picked up the uh, paperwork, and then the next morning I made the trip to the uh, uh, one of the Arkansas Department of Revenue offices and uh, yeah, paid the sales tax and they transferred the tag. They, they offered me a new tag or I could transfer the old one. Well, the old one had already been transferred to the new vehicle. So, you know, and I, I've had that same tag for years at this point, but the tag's still in decent shape, so I uh, just said, just we'll just transfer it and, you know, kind of be done with it. And that way I don't have to, you know, you know, take the the old tag off and then put on the new tag. So, because it was, the old one was already on there. So I did that, and then the other thing, big thing that happened while I was home I uh, don't remember I may have talked about it in the podcast at some point I, I for some time I've been thinking of, about uh, switching my you know my home heating and cooling basically to a uh, heat pump because prior to this I've had uh, propane heat a propane furnace and then a you know like a and you know the regular outdoor air you know the split air conditioner system with the outdoor unit the typical outdoor unit and you know with the a coil on the bottom of the of the uh, furnace so uh, I did uh, while I was home I got that installed and that actually, I didn't know how long it would take them. It actually, there were three guys that came, uh, and that that actually went pretty quickly. Uh, they started about 9 a.m. and they were uh, completely done and out of there by 2:30 in the afternoon. So that that went pretty quickly. So, but it's uh, you know it's a uh, basically it. A heat pump on the out the the outside portion of a heat pump is, it looks exactly like an air conditioner, and it has virtually all the same parts. The difference with a heat pump is that it has a re reversing valve, and it can actually, uh, when it's in one mode, it does the cooling like a normal air conditioner would, because you still have a coil that that goes in the air handler portion of the. Uh, you know, of the system. So that's basically sort of like a, a, an electric furnace in this case. But it has, the, you know, so the A coil goes, in this case, it's going into the of the unit. Uh, and it's a shorter, it's actually a shorter unit than what I had before. But uh, goes into the same closet, essentially. But since it's electric heat, then there's no flue. And so the, the but uh, the flow of the refrigerant actually reverses so that you're uh, cooling the outside coils. You're, you're sort of uh, gathering heat from the outside coils in, a, in essence and then dumping the, the heat into the internal coil. 
So, but, you know, with a heat pump, it's just, you know, one way it works as an air conditioner and the other way it works as a, as a heater, heating the air. So, uh, you know, there, now there will, it gets cold enough, there will be times where I'm going to be dipping into the electricity. Uh, I have no, no question about that. But uh, we have a lot of uh, sort of more moderate days where you might have temperatures in the 30s and 40s. And so uh, anything above uh, around 30 degrees, the heat pump can, uh, you know, fairly efficiently extract heat out of the outside air, even at 30 degrees Fahrenheit. But now you drop below that and then you you pretty much are going to have to rely on electricity or the electric, uh, you know, they call them strips that are, you know, and they just heat that way. And that, that, you know, potentially could use lots of electricity, but uh, I do have the solar, and uh, I've got a in excess of, I've got about 11,500 uh, kilowatt hour credit with my uh, local electric company, and they and give me a, like a one-to-one exchange so I've basically those are sort of you can think of the 11,500 kilowatt hour credit as sort of kilowatt hours in the bank that I've built up over time and so I imagine I'll start uh, seriously digging into those and then plus when the sun's shining uh Let's say it's a kind of a cold day or a cool day and the sun's shining, or it could be a cold day. And as long as the sun is shining during the day, uh, the solar panels are, are making electricity, and then that ends up reducing uh, the amount of electricity that I'm actually on the grid. So by, uh, you know, depending, you know, at best it's going to be around let's say 5,500 watts, uh, you know, if it's at noon on a sunny day, but uh, that doesn't last long, and then it begins, it'll drop off, so, you you know, you end up with, if you plot it out, it's going to, you know, a day, you know, as the the sun comes up and it hits the solar panels, then it's going to start out at a very low level, you know, like hundreds of watts, and then it, it kind of, as the sun moves across the sky, then it, it sort of builds up, and then uh, you get the peak, and then it begins to reduce. And of course, if clouds come over or whatever, then that reduces it. So, you know, the, there may be, you know, a couple of thousand watts, and like I say, the peak is around 5,500 watts. Uh, but it's more typically, it's going to be three, three thousand watts, two thousand watts, and it, it just varies. It can vary, but it averages out, and uh, so it, you know, I have ended up kind of with that kilowatt hour credit over, uh, you know, since I've had this the the solar panels that I've had, you know, going back now for a few years. So. Uh, but one of the reasons that I did it is because the price of propane can be very volatile. It can, you know, the propane is actually 
fairly expensive way of heating a house and of course I, I there's no natural gas where I'm at because I'm kind of more in a more rural area and so there's no natural gas that's ever been installed out there so uh, you know people out there are either going to rely on electricity or they're going to rely on propane and uh, like I say the propane can be very expensive and I think the propane is actually poised to become even more expensive because uh, you know and I'm sure it probably already has uh, with the uh, rise certainly with the rise in gas and diesel prices so it could become really really expensive potentially to, to, to continue to heat with propane so I've got another got like a 400 gallon uh, bottle of propane at right now I you know and it's most at this point it's I'd say it's a good 80% full so I you know I don't know how many you know I've got a bunch of gallons of propane and uh, so at this point the only uh, thing that I have that you you know that uses propane at this point is the uh, cook stove and you know I, I use it once in a while but it doesn't get a whole lot of use and even if it did uh, it would last though you know the propane that I have now that I've already paid for uh, would last uh, quite some time you know before it w would need to be refilled so uh, but we'll see how the uh, the heat pump works I got to use it just a little bit while I was, you know, while I was home because we did have some, uh, even, you know, the one evening while I was home, it got all, you know, it went all the way down to 39 degrees and I, you know, of course I had it set like 70, 72 degrees, I think, and, and it easily maintained it, you know, it came on a few times during the night. So, uh, and then of course while I'm gone, I'll do the, you know, treat it exactly the same way I treated the gas furnace. Uh, when I'm gone, I set the temperature on 50 in the winter and then, in, you know, around 85 or something like that in the summer. Uh, when I'm, you know, when I'm not there and then since I have remote control of the Nest thermostat, uh, I, you know, before I get home, I'll either raise the temperature or lower the temperature, and then that way, when I when I do get home, it's uh, at about you know whatever I've set it at. Usually, I set the you know I'll set it at about whether it's winter or summer. I set it at about 72, 73 degrees, and you know that's kind of the the temperature that I'm happy with. So. Uh, but one of the reasons, another reason that I wanted to uh, replace the system that I had is because it just, you know, it was just, I think, either a little bit undersized or there's something not quite right with it. Because in a, in a very cold weather in the winter, it would, it, it couldn't keep up. The furnace couldn't keep up. Same thing with the uh, air conditioner. The air conditioner, and you know, let's say the temperature is 90 degrees or higher outside. The and I had it set like on 73. It would, you know, it, as the day went along, uh, 
the temperature would begin to rise and it would uh, in the house the and the air conditioner was just running solid and that was that was kind of one of the one of the other reasons it prompted because the time before last when I was home it did uh, there was one night where you know I had I, the, you know the air conditioner had been running and I went to bed and I woke up several times during the night sweating and I thought it seems awfully hot in here and so the next morning I you know they, they checked one of the vents and yeah it was blowing but uh, the air wasn't cold so I didn't know what happened I shut the air conditioner off and then about I don't know 45 minutes or an hour later I turned it back on and it was working again so I thought well maybe it froze up but I don't think it froze up I think what and that's why I called the heating guy you know I called a heating or uh, air conditioner guy and then you know I kind of quickly decided uh, and that that was when I was home the time before last I quickly decided yeah I'm just gonna go ahead and get a heat pump and, you know maybe you know take you know kind of kill two birds or three birds with one stone so uh, but I think it was just overworked because it just wasn't shutting off it was kind of overworked overtaxing it and then something something went wrong that wasn't it wasn't low on freon because if you have an air conditioner that's low on freon or a heat pump for that matter it's going to freeze up and it, it didn't it didn't freeze up it was just uh, something went haywire you know there's something you know, because you you know a device like that, it has to go through a bunch of sequences, and that's true with any any computerized device, or you know, or a device that's rely, relying on some sort of a logic board. It has to go through several different you know, meet certain 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 parameters have to be met in order to you know for the the thing to work properly. And if you know if there's some sort of a fault, then uh, it, you know it quits working it doesn't work so we you know like I say I'll find out uh, as we move into colder weather uh, how well the heat pump works and I'll you know kind of but I do expect I'm going to start digging into the uh, the, cr the credits that I have now you know of course while I'm gone like I say Especially right now, I've you know the, the past four days since I've been gone, it's been, the temperature's been you know kind of it's been sunny and the temperature's been you know kind of hot in the high 70s, mid to high 70s, and so the the temperature even though I have you know once I left a few days ago that I set the temperature on 50, but uh, you know looking at it through the the remote control app, the temperatures in the house has stayed right around 72 you know so it takes it a while to you know when the sun's shining it takes a while to get the heat gain and then uh, during the evening if it cools off into the the 40s or the 50s it takes a bit for it to drop you know it, you know because you it was, kind of ends up working like to a certain extent sort of like a battery as you get the the, the heat is uh, you get a certain amount of level of heat energy stored in your house and as long as the windows and doors aren't open uh, it's gonna tend to stay at that temperature 
you know, and it's going to either rise or drop fairly slowly. But like I say, in really cold weather, uh, the furnace just couldn't keep up, and then in the hot weather, uh, same deal. Now those weren't the, the original furnace and air conditioner, the original one that came with the house. Both of those uh, were replaced, uh, oh gosh, probably, I want to say, you know, in around 2010 or something like that, somewhere in that area. Uh, you know, it's when those were replaced, and uh, I've kind of gone through the story of the the guy that uh, <coughs> that replaced them. You know, my heating and repair guy turned out to be a, a criminal that ended, you know that ended up in prison, and so I don't know uh, if he's even alive anymore. But uh, he he ended up you know kidnapping this woman, and you know. It's kind of a, you know, trying to rob a bank and what have you. It's kind of a crazy story. But, you know, prior to that, prior to that, uh, you know, for quite a number of years, he was my heating and repair guy, and he seemed just as really reliable and honest. But I think the only thing that was keeping him from a life of crime, you know, the, he sort of went off the deep end once his wife died. And on this guy's old, you know, he's probably, you know, at this point, he's probably over 70 years old. You know, this has been a number of years ago that he, uh, you know, he did the, you know, where he kidnapped the woman and tried to rob the bank. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so he, I don't know if he's even around anymore because he, he did have health problems as well, but it's just kind of shocking uh, you know but in this case I do think that the only thing that was kind of keeping him on the straight and narrow was the wife but he did you know and this after and this was really I don't know if the wife was I think his wife was still around whenever he replaced the furnace but the furnace, like I say, the furnace turned out to be a little too small. And then the air conditioner, he, his wife was already dead. She had just died not long before that when he replaced the, the air conditioner. And, uh, you know, so I, and he, and the other thing that was really, in, that was really kind of surprising was that after his wife died, he lost a ton of weight because prior to that, you know, he's kind of a big, heavy set guy. And then after, you know, the wife died, suddenly he was, uh, he did, didn't even look like the same person. And because he'd lost so much weight, and I'm pretty sure that he was on uh, probably meth or something. And he did steal, he, you know, I'm pretty convinced he stole, you know, I had a generator and he stole it. But because uh, I, I left the shed, I, you know, stupid me, I left the shed unlocked and, uh, you know, and I didn't realize it right away. And then, but it was kind of after the fact, after he had done the, the kidnapping and what have you and had been arrested. And, you know, and then I kind of discovered, oops, the generator's missing. So, you know, but, you know, you kind of live and learn. You know, so, but you never, 
never really know what, uh, I guess, really what drives people. You know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes people will really surprise you. You know, so... Anyway, you know, and that, that kind of brings up another, you know, I knew this, another point. I knew this guy, you know, he's, he was, this guy was like 24 years old, something like that. And he actually uh, worked for my, you know, for my, the same company that my younger brother, you know, one of my younger brothers works for. So in a sense, my younger brother was his boss. Okay, so this guy was 24 years old, and he seemed, you know, really friendly, personable, what have you. And I found out, uh, you know, here a couple of weeks ago, he apparently, the story was that he had this big argument with his girlfriend, and she told him to get out, and because he was living at her place, I think. And so at some point uh, in the middle of the night, so the story goes, he blew his brains out. You know, and of course, everyone was shocked, you know, how could this guy commit, you know, because suicide really is a, it's, it's kind of a betrayal. And it's sort of also, it's sort of an I'll show you, you know, I'm going to make, I can make you suffer, you know, but it is a betrayal, you know, to, especially to friends and family, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a bit, it's a big betrayal. Because, uh, you know, especially if, you know, there, there are some people you think, well, that kind of fits them. But uh, in this case, this guy, you would never, he, you know, he never gave, gave any kind of indication that uh, he was, un, you know, that he could be emotionally unstable. You know, and then the other part of that, you know, is people could say, well, uh, he was in pain and, you know, because that's, that's typically the argument that people use for euthanasia. Well, they're in pain and they have a right to die, so-called right to die or whatever, and, uh, you know, force the doctor to give them an injection. Dr. Kevorkian. You know, so, but that's also selfish, very selfish that mentality is extremely selfish because you know this this guy 24 years old seemingly had everything to live for you know everything you know very intelligent on the ball his mother's still living his father's still living he's got at least one sister and all of his friends he just uh, you know Look what he put! Look what he put his family through. That's incredibly selfish. It's extremely selfish, you know. So it's. But I don't know. People, you know, can end up kind of in a position where they're, you know, they. It's just all about them. You know, and they feel like somehow existence is a victim. They victimizing them. They're put, uh, they're just sort of a victim of uh, victim of existence, and then they begin to feel sorry for themselves. And you know, it's it's a uh, 
you know, people can end up kind of going into a, a sort of a downward spiral. You know, and I don't know, it's, it revolves around perception. You know, we as human beings, you know, one of the, one of our, you know, the things that, one of the things that sets us apart as human beings is that we're aware of our own existence. We perceive the world. We, we perceive the world around us. We perceive our own existence. We perceive all these different thoughts. I do believe we've been given enough rope. We can we can certainly hang ourselves with it, no question about it. You know, we're not forced to perceive the world in the right way. We can screw it up. We can and often do uh, sort of misconstrue reality. Twist things around. You know, and of course, one thing that human beings have that animals don't have is an ego. You know, and I was thinking today, you know, uh, you know, you see, if you've ever had a dog or, you know, you've seen some sort of an animal that's sick and, you know, the, the dog, you know, will kind of go off into the woods and, you know, you never, never see it again. And even chickens, you know, there's this chicken that that was kind of hanging around my house for a long time, and uh, you know, was, I think it had escaped from one of the chicken houses from somewhere, or maybe it fell off a truck or something, a chicken truck. But in any case, there was this chicken, and it just kind of hung around my house, and it was sort of, you know, and I didn't really. Uh, I, you know, it's just there, and I, you know, I didn't. It wasn't bothering me, and I wasn't bothering it. But it was kind of like a wild pet chicken to a certain extent. But it was just always around, even when I wasn't. But at one point, it uh, kind of got sick, and it's, you know, it found it found a place where it could uh, just kind of sit, and then, you know, like a day later, it was dead. You know, and was it in pain? I don't know. It probably was. It's hard to say. But it didn't commit chicken suicide. You know, the dog, the dog that I saw, you know, that I knew that ran off into the woods, it didn't commit dog suicide. Only human beings commit suicide. And I think the reason is because we have, we have these egos that we screw up. But, you know, like I've said many times before, the way the human, and it's really useful to know this, the way the human mind works, we have a, a system of values, you know, and, the, you know, and so we have, you know, whatever values, 
and then our behavior well, we develop a, you know our behavior is based on those values but we develop models of the world the world is just way too complicated for us to to uh, it's impossible for us to know every detail about everything that there is to know that's not possible for us to do that so what ends up happening we develop models of the world you know models of the physical world around us models of uh, how people behave and how we're supposed to behave so we develop these models and then we put faith into the models now the problem is that the models what if your values are wrong if you if you've got a wrong value or a set of values then your your model of reality is completely is based on something false it's based on the wrong thing you know and then you can find yourself in big trouble but then you know of course people will find other people that will help them kind of maintain their fantasy of how the world works And it's really to their detriment. So it's really it's really a useful thing to know, you know. And, and but you know, and it, we do end up being ideologically possessed. Ideas possess us. We do not have ideas. Ideas possess us. We're possessed by ideas. And those ideas that we're possessed by are, are based on whatever our values are. And we, you know, and then the other problem is we may not know what our values are. We may not uh, have a clue what our real value. You know, the only way you can really under, you know, the most reliable way to determine what your own values are are to look at your own behavior. Or look at the look at the behavior of the other people around you. Look at your own behavior, real world behavior, not what you say you believe or what other people believe, not what they say, but what they actually do. What you actually do is a much more reliable indicator of what your true values are, and not simply what you say, because we're all, to a large extent, to varying degrees, we're all hypocritical you know and then the other the other thing that's really useful to know is that uh, you know people say well I, you know so and so had such good intentions or I have good intentions I want to you know and you know we have this idea that if everyone just thought like I did if they just believed and thought like I did that uh, it would be a better world well what what does that really mean so that you adhere to whatever your values are and uh, whatever those values are it's really you're it's you're gonna move to, into the promised land just really that's another way of putting it and I think it's a more effective way of putting it you're gonna move into some utopia 
if you, if you just simply if you just simply follow your values and force maybe force other people to follow those values even though it's not their values but you force them into doing whatever you know and it would be for their own good and I hear people say stuff like that all the time you know like the electric cars a great example push everybody into electric cars jack up the price of uh, gasoline and diesel as high as you possibly can and then that's going to force the the electric car is going to become viable and it's going to force people to buy electric cars and develop the electric car market and it's for everybody's own good because then you know that's that's the promised land the promised land's going to emerge utopia is going to emerge and of course it, it's hell that emerges from that It's always hell that ends up emerging. But we really do have the the idea that uh, if people, you know, if, if, you know, if uh, I would just, or, you know, if I do, if I adhere to whatever this is, whatever this, uh, let's say it's a, you know, it's an idea system or it's a behavior that if I just adhere to that, that uh, the you know it, it, that it, the prom you know it's going to lead to the promised land. But the fact of the matter is, is some of the ideas it will lead to be, you know or you know promised land or a better outcome for you, perhaps, but not necessarily everybody. You know, our minds do function in this way. And so we, you know, we end up with uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, it's kind of a religious, it's, it's really a religious belief system. Whether you realize it or not, and it's best if you can realize it. Now, I don't think you can ever get away from being ideologically possessed in some way or other. I, you know, I think that uh, at best you can have a, a really good set of values, you know, sort of. And you can, I do believe you can change your own values. But you, in order to change your own values, you have to be able to really look at yourself you know and that's that's not always a pleasant thing to sort of uh look at your own behavior and realize you know from your actual behavior realize uh that you're a hypocrite that's not that's not really a pleasant thing it's it's a useful thing it's quite a useful thing but it's it's not not necessarily pleasant and so most people i think avoid it the tendency is to simply avoid it and, uh, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. But it's easy to, it's much easier to see other people's problems. It's much easier to see other people, you know, other people being possessed. Very easy, typically, to see that. 
but again, it's really useful to, to kind of understand the structure and how that works. It's sort of the theory of how the mind works. It's extremely valuable to be able to see that, but because that's the way our minds work. It's not just the other people's minds, that's how our minds work. And that's, I think that's also what we kind of know that, but we may not be able to put it, you know, to really articulate it. But we sort of know it. To a large extent. So... Anyway, I'm watch. I'm I need to close my curtains here and uh, get ready. For, get ready to go to bed. Like I say, I've got to get up early in the morning. So right now, I'm kind of uh, sitting here in the back of the sleeper. You know, kind of watching all these trucks try to back into the slots. <laughs> Which I don't know. I don't like watching. I you know I. I really don't like watching other people uh, try to back their trucks up. You know, because I don't know, for some reason I just kind of find that uh, a little bit nerve-wracking to watch somebody try to back up. You know, and then they pull forward and they try to... Sometimes, a lot of times they'll get frustrated and they move on and try to find a better, you know, an easier spot to back into or whatever. And of course it's getting later in the evening at this point. Although the sun's not down yet. What time is it? Well, it's only 6.43. But, uh, you know, the sun kind of has gone down at this point. Well, it's it's low in the sky. It's not, not beaming in anymore. It's getting darker earlier. So it's still fairly daylight, but, uh, you know, of course this truck stop is starting to fill up and uh, the more full it becomes, the more difficult the park, the remaining parking spots are to get into. So then, you know, some of the people can just back right in and then you get others that uh, sort of struggle with it. And some, some of the parking lot, you know, some of the parking spots can be quite difficult and it kind of depends on the shape of the parking lot and how much room there is and, you know, so it's, <laughs> but I don't like watching it. Uh, you know, it just, uh, it's easier just to close the curtains and kind of ignore it, you know, and, it, you know, so this guy that I'm watching right now, he's he's successful now. He finally got in there after several minutes. So in the meantime, there's other trucks that, that were kind of waiting, you know, kind of waiting for the truck to get out of their way. So it's probably a miracle that the park, truck parking lots work as well as they do. <laughs> so anyhow, hope everyone... Uh, is having a great week and i will catch you later remember trucker tom is like visa he's everywhere you want to be product reviews restaurant reviews photos opinions and more visit trucker tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com you've been listening to trucker tom's podcast and we'd love to hear what you have to say all you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com <laughs>